0: And we're going. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Belanger. I hope you're enjoying this beautiful Monday. Today's episode is brought to you by Generous United. Generous United is a membership-based buying group headquartered right here in Atlantic Canada. One thing I love about Generous United, and one thing you should love about Generous United as well, is that they're helping out small businesses just like us. Small businesses right now can't afford healthcare for their employees. It doesn't matter what kind of healthcare you're looking to save money in, you can benefit from the services that Generous United is offering. They want to make sure that you're saving money on your prescription drugs. Okay? So if you can't afford maybe a massage, dental, uh, acupuncture, there's all forms of healthcare. As long as you're saving money in one aspect of healthcare, you'll be able to afford other things. So what Generous United will do is they'll team up with a pharmacist, the local member of your community who wants to make sure that you're living a healthier life as well, they will team up with the pharmacist and give you a free attentive service that will allow you to save money on your prescription drugs. Now remember, it doesn't have to be you. It could be a family member, loved one, small business that you know that might be struggling. Like I said, we can be benefiting from the service at Generous United. I want you to head on over to their website right now, generousunited.ca. That's G-E-N-R-U-S-United.ca. Time is running up. Golf season is almost over. Osprey Ridge wants to make sure that you get your last couple swings in before the season is over. Osprey Ridge, a golf course that is located, I'd say, 45 minutes to an hour outside of the city, depending on who you ask, depending if you want to go to Speed Limit or not. I'm not going to tell you what you what to do or not. A uh, Graham Cook designed golf course. One thing I love about family-owned businesses is that they take pride in ownership. The fairways are beautiful. The greens run a great pace. You might not two-putt or three-putt every time, but I'm saying this will run a great pace if you know what I mean. The Clubhouse, brand-new renovated patio. So when you're done playing your round, go up, have a beer, some nachos, some food, and you can enjoy a great laugh with your friends and family. Myself, I'm there almost every weekend with friends and family. We have a great time. We hope to see you there at Osprey Ridge before the golf season is up. Before we get into the... Uh, the guest today. I want to give a, a shout out to some hockey parents out there. Right now at uh, High Button Sports, it's it's live streaming season. We're going left, right, and center. We're, we're busy on the weekend. So right now it's Monday. We had a we had a really, really busy weekend with uh, live streaming. It was great. And we're back to work. We're back to the grind right here on, uh, on Monday doing these podcasts. So we don't stop. But there's there's parents out there where their their kids play uh, minor hockey and those games are during the week and that's right now like when we myself Justin and the crew Jeff dudes Mark we always sit down and we we try to come up with ways that we're able to get contracts through live streaming throughout the week because that fits our schedule better during the weekends we're jammed packed with live streams we got. I think we like the other day. We had like four streams on Saturday, four streams on Sunday, and I think we had three streams on Friday. So we're a busy group of guys on the weekend, and we're trying to get games throughout the week as well. And games throughout the week are only minor hockey, so U thirteen, U four, like oh, you know what I mean, the U the U leagues. And uh, there's been a couple parents that have actually reached out to us in the hockey uh, in the hockey community, high school, and uh, because right now the teams are becoming picked and they're starting uh, parent. Parent meetings like the parents get together with the coaches and they go over, uh, g- you know, game plans for the year, what tournaments they're going to go on, what track suits are they going to get, what, what, where's the money going, and all that. And, um, I know in the past, I, I don't want to say I've shit on parents, but like, you know, hockey parents, they, they're, they're tough people, but they show love. Uh, to their kids and they 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 want their kid they want the best for their kids. And I know with our streams at the very beginning, our streams weren't the best and we had some hockey parents let us know and that's fine. tough love. i I don't mind tough love. I roll with the punches. Um, but the, those same hockey parents now are going to war for us. Those same hockey parents right now are having their team meetings um, and they're bringing up high button sports and saying we'd love high button sports to stream throughout the year for us. Um, and I just want those parents right now to know that that means the world to us. Um, I I do appreciate that. And you have to understand that I'm, I envision a bigger picture when it comes to these live streams. If you look at any kid right now in the HRM, what do you think one of their dream jobs is? Do you think it's to go work construction? Do you think it's to go be a librarian? Do you think, not that there's anything wrong with working construction or being a librarian or any, anything like that. It's just the emails that we get every week are kids that want to go work at Sportsnet, or kids that want to go work at TSN, or kids that want to go cover soccer in Europe, but kids that have a dream to work in professional sports broadcast. It's ridiculous what our emails are are full of, and it breaks my heart. Not to sound corny here, but it breaks my heart when I have to turn a kid away and say, "Look, I'm sorry. We'd love to have you, but we don't have any opportunity for you. We don't have any streams for you." Because, like I just said to you, you know, we have we have don't we have great streams. We have, you know, what's four times. What's 4 times 3? 16? 12. 12. So we had 12 streams this weekend. That's a lot of streams. But those streams are only covered by 4 guys. And my vision for the future is to be able to stream all minor hockey, high school, not even hockey, every sport, so that we can give these kids who are coming out of high school, going into university, that are looking for a co-op or that are looking for a part-time job, that High Button Sports is able to employ them, give them something on the resume, so one day when they move to Toronto or Vancouver or a bigger city in in Canada, that they're actually going to have some you know sports background and uh, experience that they can show their employer. So it's a bigger picture here. It's not like, I get it. It's like, Oh, Justin, you just want money. It's a, it's a business and it's all that stuff. And I, I get that. Like if you're listening to this and, and you don't, you know, maybe you're not like, it's not like a pitch I'm talking about right here. I'm just, I'm just saying what we're going through right now on high button sports and, and what I envision it. It's just, I don't like turning kids away that, you know, for an example, we just had Sam Gillis, a young kid goes to NSCC. Um, He did his first broadcasting game with the Dartmouth Whalers the other day. He texted me this morning. He was so thankful, so happy. Uh, you could tell that he he found what he wanted to do. I don't want to say for the rest of his life, but you can tell after last weekend broadcasting his first game that he's on a track to, to what he might want to do for the rest of his life. And I want other kids in this province to be able to experience that. Because when I was younger, when I was in high school, university, I had no sweet living mother, you know what, to do with my life. And if I had a company like High Button Sports in my backyard, you're goddamn right, I'd be reaching out to them saying hey, do you mind, is there any opportunity for me to broadcast? I'd, I'd love to do this. I'd love to do that i'd love to help out in any way but at the same time it's nice to put a couple bucks in these kids pockets you know what i mean you don't want to be all right come do this and then i'm not going to pay you like you have to be able to pay these kids so anyways that, that's my rant there i just i just I, I i just want to thank those parents that are going to war for us right now in those uh parent te- in the the parent coach meetings uh when they're getting ready to gather with the budget and, and you know figuring out what tournaments they're going to go to what track suits they're going to get you know you know what i mean I don't have to preach to, to the people that are listening right now. So once again, thank you very much to all those parents who uh, who are going to, going to bat for us. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, today on the High Button Podcast, holy smokes, I love what I do for a living. This guy, Ian Robinson, PA announcer for the Halifax Mooseheads for the past 20 years. So even if you don't, no, I mean, even if you've never seen Ian's face you 100 if you live in the city of Halifax and you've been to a mooseheads game you've heard his voice guaranteed he recently just had his 1000th game 1000th game this guy is a living legend and he is here in our backyard. I am extremely excited to talk to Ian. It's going to be a great interview okay I'm Justin we're talking to Ian Robinson here we go you know what comes next. mr. Ian Robinson we are going how are you Justin good man how are you doing I'm doing well how's your morning
1: Morning's good, afternoon's even better. We get to talk hockey and talk moose, moose heads,
0: right? 100%. Well, I, don't, I don't want to talk about you and how you're involved in it. Don't <laughs> get me wrong. I, I love the moose heads. I love everything that you do. But uh, to be able to have a career in, in broadcasting for as long as you have, that's that's kind of what I'm chasing. So I'm more interested in you, the person, and what you do every day than, uh, yeah. than I guess, the, what you surround yourself with. But nonetheless, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, a very, uh, I'm very appreciative of you coming here today, and it does mean the world to me. So thank you very much. Oh, man. It's just glad to be here and get out of work early, right? <laughs> you know, there you go. That's <laughs> the thing. When, when I shook your hand out there, and when you just did your little Moosehead country, like that, brought it brought a kid out hey, of me. Moose Country! It's cr- like I feel like I'm a 12 year old kid now, sitting down with my dad, eating popcorn, watching the Moosehead game. Well, it, it's ironic
1: when I do go to campfires and and I'm there. My sons are in their 20s now, so we're sitting around with family and friends, and yeah. we're at the campfire and. Anyway, I have a couple of pops in me, and then they're like, uh, all of a sudden I hear Sloan kicking off, and then they're like, hey, do your Mooseheads intro. So it's like, ah, I still got to perform even at the campfire, right? I love uh, it. Yeah, so the kids get a big charge out of it, and so do the adults, too.
0: So where'd you grow up? I grew up in Cape Breton. No way. Yeah. So my mom did too. Okay. Yeah. What part? By uh, oh, uh, she went to the Riverview <laughs> High School. Oh, she's a river rat. Yeah, yeah. she's a river rat. So I heard that. I don't know what, yeah. so where is that. Where... That's outside of Sydney. Outside, Just of, Sydney, Sydney? outside
1: of Sydney. I'm, I'm from Big Burdor, which is outside of North Sydney, Sydney Mines. Okay. Sydney Mines, Sydney Forks, North Sydney, Sydney River, Sydney. So yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah, I grew up in Big Burdor and I went to high school in Sydney Mines, and uh, that's where I got my start in radio. And and um, you know, f- geez, forty years ago, 1981. So uh, I started when I was seven. In high school, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> what how, how did this start come though? How did you just? Uh, well, I, I've always wanted to do radio. It was either be a radio announcer or a police officer. So, anyway, uh, I got the radio bug when I was young, maybe you know eight, nine, ten years old. And then uh, in high school, they offered a radio program. I applied, got in. And started doing uh, lunch hour radio broadcasts to the cafeteria, and um, that's where it began at the mighty CMHS, the <coughs> pride of Memorial High. What
0: did you talk about?
1: We would talk about, uh, hey, the Memorial Marauders are going to kick some butt against the Riverview Redmen Redmond over there. yeah, like, yeah. You'd talk yeah, about yeah. the hockey games. You'd talk about what's going on in school. You'd also talk about, uh, you know, your current, you know. Status of uh, community events or you know national events. So uh, yeah, it was it was a great way to get the the feet wet. And then I luckily I got hired at CJCB CKBE Cape Country in 1984 by Dave Reynolds, who was on Hockey Night in Canada back in the day. And Dave gave me my first gig as a weekend on Cape Country and uh, worked my way up. And you know here we are, 1984 starting in Sydney and came to Halifax in 1987. And got hired at CHNS, been on pretty much every radio station in Halifax. My old one of my old girlfriends in, at the high school reunion says, Can't you keep a job? <laughs> it's like, hey, that's radio. It's, it's like you have your contract, you're only as good as your last contract, good as your last ratings. If you want to flip formats, you're you're pretty much out the door. But luckily I've been able to hang on and uh, today I'm at Hot Country 1035, Halifax's country station, uh, doing middays, ten to two that's awesome yeah and yeah. Um, 1997 started with the moosehead so you know it's it's all come together
0: I gotta ask you a quick question about your voice it's a it's a great voice for radio but I'm, I'm thinking of like puberty so like before you got a high voice <laughs> yeah. did you have to work for the voice you have now or does that did it come naturally it How just does
1: that... it was just uh, luck it fell in place yeah. like uh, in high school
2: <laughs>
1: then all of a sudden it was like <laughs> so yeah I was just lucky and and there are people in you know that want to get into radio, but just can't have, don't have the voice. It's like go be an accountant or be a mechanic or something because you're never going to get anywhere. But thankfully and luckily, I was blessed with, as we call in the radio business, pipes. And uh, you know, here, here, here it is. It pays the bills yeah. it's still today.
0: That's unbelievable. So when did you move to high school, uh, Halifax area?
1: Halifax came here in uh, 1987. And, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, I uh, began at CH&S back in AM radio days, and then uh, worked my way over to CJCH which was uh, 1989, met my wife there, uh, Roxanne. She uh, is still at CTVATV, and uh, she works for Christmas Daddies, but she was also a producer back in the day. And, yeah, here we, we always joke, uh, here we are married 30 years later, uh, two boys, uh, seven or eight Toyotas, and three houses later, and we still get the heat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Old movie line there. What, what was the first, the first time you made your wife spaghetti? You heard that story? Well, some of the people keep uh, the, the rumor mills
1: out that you're coming oh, out. Oh, man. Somebody's been uh, emailing or texting. So, uh, anyway, uh, long story long, the first time I ever made our spaghetti was uh, 9. Well, we just started going out. So it was 89, the <laughs> uh, fall of 89, actually, you know, uh, 32 years ago. So I was a bachelor living on Church Street in downtown Halifax. So uh, I didn't know how to make spaghetti. So I'd, I'd take the noodles, cook them up, fry some hamburger meat throw that on top of the noodles and pour spaghetti sauce over it and put it in front of her. She was like, this is how you make spaghetti? <laughs> yeah. This is not how you eat spaghetti. But she ate, she, she ate it anyway. <laughs> You're trying to impress her. Drake set you up with that, did he? Yes. That's, that's my boy. That's my boy, yeah. 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 That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. He'll, uh, yeah, he's local zebra referee uh, around these parts. So, yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty cool to see his career take off as well. He's been uh, officiating since 2009. Halloween was his first gig at 14 years of age out in Tassa, and um, here he is now. I, we actually worked a Moosehead's game uh, a few years ago, uh, exhibition game. He got called up to the Q League, so that was pretty cool for the first father, son, apparently. Yeah. Uh, combination to work uh, a game in the Q, and, wow. uh, and uh, yeah, he did a good job. Didn't get heckled. Yeah, that's great. He had one of the
0: best mic'd up refs. We've mic'd up a couple yes. refs, and he's we got we had a good feedback from that. That was really awesome. good feedback. Yeah, thanks for doing that. Oh, yeah, oh, it was great.
1: It worked out well on Facebook. Our
0: face brag, as I call it. Oh, here's Drake re- mic'd up. <laughs> it was great. Like, we had Hockey Nova Scotia reached out, and they're like, "Hey, let's do more of these," because like it was funny, but at the same time, it was good for young refs that want to learn the mm-hmm. gig, learn yeah. the job, because he was very uh, vocal. Mm-hmm. You know he's very vocal, and apparently that's what people loved about the video.
1: I don't know where he gets that from. Yeah, I gonna... wow. <laughs> I don't know. yeah. But uh, yeah, no, he thoroughly enjoys it and loves it and and he's actually doing some clinics and teaching the kids coming up. So it's kind of cool to see him give him back. and hopefully he'll be in the queue someday and maybe you know, his ultimate dream is to get to the NHL. and there's lots of guys from the NHL around here now, like John McIsaac and you know uh, Matt McPherson, uh, Drake's uh, buddies there that have helped him along the way. So you know, that's the the ultimate goal. It's awesome. The hockey community is so
0: small. I say it time and time again, oh, but it's a great it's community. It's awesome. Oh yeah, we're we're all everybody knows everybody, right? Yeah. Um. Do you, the 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 opportunity with the Mooseheads ninety seven. Yeah, nineteen ninety
1: seven. Okay, I got a funny story for that. So um, uh, it's it's just blows my mind how this all came together. It was it was uh I think it was like a Sunday night, and we were living in West End, Halifax at the time, and uh, my, we didn't have cell phones back then, but my wife uh, said, uh, you know, uh, when you're coming home come and get some, uh, bread and milk at Sobeys. So I went to Sobeys Clayton Park. So I was at Sobeys Clayton Park and I, I was just, uh, you know, going around getting my, the grocery list. And, uh, ran into this buddy of mine, Mark Church, who was a big Mooseheads fan and Mark, I met him through the Spina Bifida Association in Nova Scotia a few years ago, uh, or years ago. And, um, Mark was in a wheelchair. So that's how I met him. And he ended up becoming one of the ushers at, at the rink. And he says, uh, Mooseheads are looking for a DJ slash promo announcer. You should apply. It's like, oh, really? Okay. So uh, back then, I just took one of my, I'm dating myself, a radio cassette and dropped it off to Matt McKnight, like a cassette tape of my radio show, just to let them know what I sound like. Yeah. So um, never heard anything back from Matt, so I was persistent and just uh, left a couple of voicemails and then... On June 23rd, 1997, uh, Matt called me. He said, "Can you come in?" It's like, sure. So I went in, and just uh, he says, "Yeah, I like your audio tape." Uh, I didn't actually go in the rink in addition, which I thought was kind of okay. So the tape must have passed the test. So uh, he says, "Do you want the job?" It's like, sure. And the first question he asked was, "Could you uh, make all the games?" And I'm like, sure. Yeah, you know, I can work it out with my schedule. And here we are, one thousand and one games later, and I'm still there. <laughs> Unbelievable! That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. So, yeah, it's uh, it was just so cool how how it happened, and I, you know, I'm so appreciative to Matt that he gave me the job, and to Roxanne who told me to go get milk and bread at Sobeys or I'd never be
0: with the Mooseheads. <laughs> it's the, it, that, that that that's it's it's true. Yeah, it's the little things in life that, that can funny. take you on a different path. Yeah,
1: how it all fell together, and and. Uh, yeah, and, you know, I did uh, some some preseason games with the Mooseheads. And I'm, I, the first time I got on the mic there, um, you know, I've always looked up to Pat Connolly, who was my predecessor, uh, who, and we tag-teamed as a team from, you know, my first 12 years. There's like a second or two-second delay in the microphone. So when you get on there, it's like, good evening, Moose country. It's like, good evening, Moose <laughs> You got to tune yourself out because when you're done Actually, when you notice I'm done talking, my microphone is down, but my voice is still being put through the PA system because of the delay. So uh, that really blew me away the first time. But it was September 20th, 1997, my first game. It was a Battle of Nova Scotia. From what I recall, when Cape Breton just came into the league, so Halifax Cape Breton, my first game, and I, from what I recall, we we won
0: five four in overtime. Wow, was Brandon Reed on the team?
1: Brandon with the speed, Reed was almost there. Uh, first year, uh, Tangay was the big star. Um, I do to remember Martin Bilodeau was one of the goaltenders uh, we're going way back Jiggy uh, Jiggy had just, d- left,
0: just left before
1: okay. yeah. I started yeah he was he finished up in the 96 97 season cool. I came in 97 98 I only have high school math, so it's, these numbers are hard for me. Oh, me, me too. Right? Don't worry, <laughs> <laughs> you could be lying through your teeth. I'm not going to question you. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Tangs was uh, there, and and then we had you know the local crew that came in after that. Like uh, Sudzi was along, Robbie Sutherland. Then you know later we had Brandon Benedict uh, came came along, and it and to me, getting to know the local players, getting to know the players. Period is is so cool. But just having that connection with the local guys and. And you know the the fellows from away, they kind of have an idea of who I am with the announcing thing. But when the local guys, for example, Jarrett McIsaac recently, like you know, he's grown up going to the games, and and for me to get to introduce him, it's it's pretty cool. And and uh, so you know, I, I love it when you introduce me, uh, you know, in the starting lineup. And then and then recently with my thousand games, I got to hear from you know our championship team members like uh, Trey Lewis. Uh, sent a message, and Zach Fucali, and to hear from these guys that we won it all with in 2013, that was just so cool. And actually, I just got a direct message from uh, Jim Midgley the other night. Uh, he was getting set to you know, face off against Dom, Montreal, and the Rangers, and I get a direct message in Twitter, hey, you know, congrats on 1,000 games, man, and uh, here's another 1,000. Nice. So, you know, it's just, I get goosebumps just talking about that kind of stuff, and, and it's, uh, it's so cool just to, to be a small part of the puzzle
0: how much it must have been a special feeling for you when the players came up to give you the puck after the game for your thousandth game congratulations oh, by thank the way. it goes without you. saying thank but you. yeah I, yeah they uh, you know i i kept track of them along the way and
1: i did you know 265 in a row that was up until 2003 my dad passed away and then i kind of picked it up from there and keep track of the numbers, and then, you know, we got to 500, and ironically, I was looking at my calendar, and it was uh, today in 2008, October 18, I hit my 500th game, and Drake, my son, he texted me the other day, he's like, what is it you announcer guys keeping track of your games, because Joe Bowen from the Leafs had 5,337 games that he's done, he used to do sports here at CHNS. and and Drake sent me a copy of that uh, text. And um, I said, I don't know, it's just an announcer thing. And so you get to 500, and it's like, okay, you get to 600 and 700 and 800, and then the countdown was on to 1,000. So, you know, I was just, you know, uh, hoping to get a a puck out of the box and write, you know, game 1,000 on it. And next thing you know, they pulled this pregame presentation off on me, and they had in the script like – they couldn't tell me what was going on, obviously. So you didn't know. He I didn't like, know. Okay, okay. No, I had no <laughs> clue. I just went to the Moosehead's office, hey guys, what's going on? Get my scripts ready, get my stats ready, and go over to the rink. And and um I knew my wife and son were coming because uh, I got them some tickets. Uh And anyways, so, so yeah, sum it all up. Uh, you know, I see, welcome back to Noye video in the script. It's like, okay. So I paused for a second and it's like, and then I see my mug on. oh, they've got me.
2: <laughs>
1: so, yeah, it was great to hear from Patty Kite and to, uh, you know, Trey and, and Zach for the greetings. And then, you know, uh, my family got on and gave some greetings. So, uh, and then they, uh, they presented me with a crystal microphone from the team for, it says, Ian Robinson, 1,000 games. I was like, whoa. And then, um, actually, I have it in my pocket. I got to get the sized on the way back, going <laughs> got from to the m- mall. I got the, yes. my, my wife and... Uh, Sons gave me this uh, Drake and Trent and Roxanne gave me this watch, so we're going to get it engraved with a uh, thousand uh, wow. games on it there. And um, they also gave me a bobblehead, uh, Mr. 1000. So that's, oh, you're uh, the bobblehead? I'm the bobblehead. <laughs> yeah, it's like here. a custom bobblehead. <laughs> it's a custom bobblehead here. I, I'll pull it up on my Facebook page. I know we shouldn't should be doing this, but anyway, uh, where we at here? Uh, select profile picture. Uh, no, that's me and my big, me and that's my big awesome. fingers. Hang on here. So anyway, i will give you a little idea of it. Anyway, wow, that's unreal. <laughs> that's clean. That's nice. Yeah, they say, uh, uh, are you? Is this uh, Scott Oak or? Uh, yeah. Here, I'll put it up <laughs> for the camera. There you can see it. Yeah, yeah. That focus there, there
0: <laughs> that's awesome.
1: Yeah. So anyway, it was quite the night, and um, yeah, we, uh, you know, uh, the countdown is on to. 1500 hopefully and maybe even 2000 who knows right oh yeah, you're going to get there well pat uh, pat conley did it till he was 81 so if i hit 2000 i'll be 80 so uh there you, go. you got this <laughs> you got this well we'll try you know
0: and, you got uh, this yeah you said uh, how many games have you missed and you're, you you've been doing it for 20 years how many have you missed this is
1: actually my 25th season 25th yeah and uh, i have missed uh, I missed a few games when my dad passed away in 2003 and uh, y- you know it's a big commitment because, you know, you, you miss quite a few family functions. You know, both my sons, Drake and Trent, when they were growing up, they played hockey. They were going to tournaments. I I didn't like to leave the team as much as I wanted to be with, with my kids. Uh, some of their big tournaments, I did take some games off. So, you know, Drake was playing in high school provincials up in Sydney, so up in the motherland in Cape Breton, so <laughs> couldn't miss going, going to the motherland. But... Um, Yeah, so I did take some some games off for their hockey, but, um, you know, uh, I don't want to jinx it or anything, but knock on wood, I've I've never called in sick to a game in in 25 years. I'll probably get sick for Friday and Saturday Saturday, and Sunday's game, but (laughs) knock on wood. But it's, it's, um, you know, I do have backup guys that come in and and fill in, but... um, to me it's it's uh, just to be a part of each and every game and, and the fans they get used to hearing that voice and um, when i'm not there it's like my twitter blows up it's
0: ian where are you ian where yeah absolutely yes. you're you're yeah. you're ingrained in the Mooseheads culture
1: well it's it's uh, a part of the in game experience and it's the same with you know all the other public address announcers that i've grown up listening to and and, and like Paul Morris, the old Toronto Maple Leafs PA announcer, like when you'd hear him at the games, Toronto Maple Leaf goals score by number twenty-seven, Daryl Sittler. You know, y- you just get accustomed to that, and um, you know, and when Pat was there, it was it, Pat Connolly was the voice of hockey in Halifax, and you know, for for me to you know to to take over, nobody ever replaces Pat, but to take over and fill his shoes. I remember it was, it was September two thousand nine, we had a big Pat Connolly night, and and pat was retired his mic was hung in the jersey we renamed the press box after him and pardon me and uh, to you know uh, he was on with steve murphy just talking about you know his retirement and and steve says ian robinson's going to be your your replacement there pat and he's going to take over for you it's like ian's going to do a fine job steve and and coming from pat that that meant the world to me and and you know so i try to carry on the tradition and, and each game if you're looking at me down in the in the penalty box area when Peter Bayless does go Moose Go. <laughs> I do a little three salute to Pat's banner to keep him in the game. So it's every to Pat. every every game? Every game. Every game. That's yeah, classy. Yeah. So it keeps Pat in the game and and uh you know, uh, I'll always remember our good times together. And I remember one, one thing Pat told me, I said, Pat, who's gonna win tonight? Any predictions? This would be in the playoffs or whatever. Ian, Predictions are for gypsies.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I would have loved to meet
1: that guy. Oh, wow. he was a legend, man. Yeah. Just the most down-to-earth guy. Another another Kate Bretner, because he's uh he's from Sydney. I'm from just outside of Sydney. So here it
0: is, two Kate Breton guys ended up being the voices of the mooseheads. Wow. Very cool. Mm. One of my favorite photos of Pat is where he's at the forum and he's in the press box. Oh, up there. yeah. That and is the, so cool. That was gonna be my next question. My some of the, my favorite memories of moosehead games, oddly enough, are at the forum. I, yeah. I love that I'm just connected to it. Did you enjoy calling games at the forum every you know once you know you're there every now and then? Yeah, every once in a while. And and my one of my next to
1: us winning the cup uh, on home ice, May tenth, twenty thirteen, the Q League President Cup, was it was a game we had in two thousand three, April fifteenth, two thousand three, at the Halifax Forum. We got knocked out of the the well Metro Center then Scotiabank Center because it was figure skating going on. And we were playing Bathurst and I it was a game seven against Bathurst. Fans started lining up around the form, you know, down Windsor Uh, Street, down Young Street. Remember that? And to me that was the epic most epic game ever. And uh, really just the whole of your really? well, well b- besides, oh, besides, besides, sorry, winning, okay. besides winning the one on May 10th yeah. on home ice. Wow. But that game to me, um, April 2003, uh, we won for nothing and and shut out uh, Bathurst and went to move on in that final of uh, or move on in that series of 2003 playoffs. And um, just see you could see the dust coming down off of the rafters well, in I the love form. It. I love that. Well, and the, I look, love that. It was just booming. And uh, to get the call from there and, you know, to win that game, I think Bobby Clark got a goal that night and uh, Brandon Benedict, uh, that was the era that we were going through. And then we went to the finals and came up short against Hull. Then we also went to the finals in 2005 and came up against some kid named Sidney Crosby, and 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 they remember they broke the the president the cup, the, the yeah. cup on the yeah. ice. And if, if you look at the the paper, newsca- paper clipping, it's they got, awesome. got it in two pieces. And if you look in the far background, you can see my wife and my youngest son Trent. He's got his Mooseheads jersey on, and it's like, oh, there's Trent, he's Trent and Sid. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so good memories for sure, and um, you know nothing will replace that May tenth. Uh, 2013 game. The last thing I remember was um, Jack Fucali, Zach's dad, and I were outside of the Toothy Moose trying to flag a cat. That was down. my next
0: question, but he just—that <laughs> was gypsy. That was you just predicted my next question. <laughs> the night the Toothy Moose, the, the night you guys won.
1: Yeah, we. Uh, that was an epic night. Like you know, people always ask me what's your favorite goal call, and this one is ingrained in my mind. Uh, it was third period, and we went up five one. And, uh, I'm trying to think. Okay. Macaulay from Ferk and Duke. Remember. You remember? I was there. Yeah. Ever? Well, it, that place was... Yeah. I thought you were going to say FERC. Well, I thought you were going to say Furk. That was the other big one. Yeah, okay. that was the the big one. But, when you see the whole rink rise up at the same time. Yeah, yeah. that was awesome. But, uh, Macaulay from FERC and Duke at 1845, that was just epic and, and, uh, yeah, Stephen, local boy as well from Coal Harbour. He just went through some tough times back uh, there in 2013 with his mom, and and uh, yeah. So we we uh, ended up uh, winning that night, and I guess probably by the time uh, we went up two or three one, they started to put together some uh, some little bit of a you know party for us. So Bobby Smith, our owner, had a little side room. Off to the back that we all got together with, and that's where we got pictures with a cup. And uh, that's still on my Twitter profile holding that cup up to me, like (laughs) Stephen Fournier, guys. Have the cup? Staff. He's like, yeah, man. Here you go. So you get to lift that, and and my family were there as well at the time that night, and all four of us got to lift it up. So that to me, that's a dream come true. Never get tired of it. I'd love to do it again someday. But so we we had um, a little pre gamer and at the at the at the rink, and um, then those of us that were of age went over to the toothy, and we took the cup in, and the boys were like rock stars. Like these were. Uh, you know, there there were you know the whole city was just jumping that night, and uh, I, uh, yeah, as I say, uh, it was around two o'clock in the morning, and 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 they said, Ian, get up on stage and intro the players, will you? It's like. I've had a couple of pops, but yeah, I'll try my best. <laughs> so we we uh, we ended up going up on stage and introducing the players, and and the place went nuts. And uh, I remember uh, Dom Dusharm and Trey Lewis holding the cup, and uh, uh, Dom's like, "Robinson, come have a drink out of the cup." I was like, sure, Dom. So uh, there's a picture of that. Uh, uh, it's 8 by 10 in my man cave at home, and I got the bar sweats on and everything, man. And Dom and Trey are pouring the, what was it, Uh Jagermeister and uh, Power, what's uh, energy drink? Red, uh, Red Bull, boom, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jager bombs, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's what we're sipping out of the cup.
0: <laughs> it wasn't water. I was going to say a lot of drinks that night. It's hard to remember the types of liquor. Oh, man, but
1: yeah, so yeah, that's what I mean. It was, The sun was coming up. Five o'clock, five thirty in the morning when I get home that morning, and uh, yeah, one of the best nights of my life for sure. That's awesome. It's incredible. Pizza
0: shop in Wolfville. Is there a story there?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. So
1: uh, this was twenty ten, and or sorry, twenty twelve. And Nate was already here for a year, and and Joe, uh, Nate, Nathan, and, and uh, Jonathan Duruam. So we went down to do a preseason game down at Acadia. And so it it all happened kind of weird. It's like you know myself and David Chan, the photographer. It's like you know, okay, we got to go get a bite to eat before the game, so we got down there early and 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 um, uh, we went and went to Pronto Pizza, which is a little hole in the wall pizza place in downtown Wolfville. And these four guys weren't playing this this night, but they just happened to be in the pizza shop. So there was Nathan McKinnon, Jonathan Dewey, uh, Trey Lewis, and Marty Firk. So there was the two cars, David and I went in separate cars because we didn't know how long it was going to take, David Chan, the photographer. So we're leaving the pizza shop just at the same time that the players are leaving. And, that, you know, we just casually, like, they're, all four of them are sitting in the corner. We didn't want to bother them. So it's getting tight to, they had to get back for an autograph session. So here's me and my, you know Toyota Corolla sport it's like uh hey boys uh you want to get a ride back to the rink and they're like yeah it's kind of a bit of a walk <laughs> my best Nathan an impression yeah it's kind of a bit of a walk can we come along with you it's like yeah so anyway Furky and Trey paired off with David Chan and I got Nate and Joe in my car and I'm like Boys, I don't have a cell phone on me, but uh, I got my old camera. Can I take a picture of this? So I took a selfie with, with Nate and Joe in my car. and Just to see those two uh, just take off and, and what they're doing right now is is so incredible. And drove them back to the rink and got them back in time for their autograph session. You're a hero. You did it. Pronto pizza to the rink yeah. in 35 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they, the, the, talk about those years. It's just... Oh, I, I, I just yeah. being a fan was fun, but I couldn't imagine being able to get a sneak peek of behind the scenes of what was going on. Just some of the fandomonium, some of the, oh, the things that were happening. Yeah.
1: I, I get goosebumps, man. Like you, you look back and so many nights in the rink and, and Nate's five goal night uh, was December, 2011 against Quebec, against Quebec and Patrick. Wah, well, he had a you know, to make a statement, right. And make a statement he did. Actually, this just came up in my Facebook uh, memories, uh, last month it was 10 years ago September 20th that I got to announce Nathan McKinnon's first Q League goal and I thought wow well it was so cool back in the day it's like how did that happen 10 years ago it's 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 just like blank and it's gone right and to get to see them come back for the uh, Memorial Cup in 2019 and You know, we had uh, Nate and Joe back and and Jiggy and Tangs and, you know, Jody Shelley. Oh, yeah. It was just incredible to see all these guys. And, you know, that's the beauty of, you know, I come in and I see these guys when they're 16, 17 years old rookies. I remember still the first time I saw Jacob Voracek. And uh, it's like, I always want to get their names right. And it's like, uh, Jake, is it uh, Jacob or Jakob? Oh, whatever you want. It's like, okay, well, you know, is, is Jacob all right? Yeah, that's good by me. So um, <laughs> That's good by me. That's good by me. <laughs> so um, no offense to anybody with my accent. But, yeah, it's just uh, such a kick to, to see these guys come in. And now the, with Facebook, um, you know, I see, like, Ali McCacken, Bryce Swan. Like, all these guys now have families of their own and they came in as these these youngsters and and here they are family men now and and successful in life and that's a part of the Moosehead's experience as you get them in and and they have their hockey career but uh, you know they also take off with uh, their their you know family career and to see them be successful is is just uh, it's, mm-hmm.
0: it's it's a cool part it's time for a quick break brought to you by Crypto Vantage did you know that there's teams out there in the professional sporting world that are allowing you to purchase Tickets with cryptocurrency, teams like the Oakland A's and the Dallas Mavericks. It's crazy, year 2021, what you can do. Here at High Button Sports, we want to make sure that you are educated on everything when it comes to cryptocurrency. That's why CryptoVantage has given us our own page in order for you to fill out an information package that will send you everything that you need to know about cryptocurrency. What I want you to do is hit our link in bio on our Instagram page, head on over to the white paper where Crypto Vantage is located. Fill out the white paper at the bottom and Crypto Vantage will send you a free, that's right, free information package when it comes to everything cryptocurrency. We all know that cryptocurrency is the future. You might be a little confused at times. Don't worry. I get confused too. You don't need to be embarrassed. I'm not going to tell anyone, but Crypto Vantage will help you out just like they've helped me out. All right. Now back to the podcast. And I'll tell you this, I've only played, you know, maybe four or five, eight games, but you better believe playing for the Mooseheads was on my resume. When I apply for a job, you know, it helps. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's one thing I think that's the most underrated. I'm sure there's other Q teams around that people are proud of that they play for, but I'm extremely proud that I got to play for that organization. Even if it was for only eight games, I'm not going to say it changed my life, but it definitely didn't hurt. Oh, know? Oh, 100%. What was your number? Was it 15? Twenty seven. Twenty seven. I was twenty seven ah. before Drew.
2: He uh. <laughs> <laughs> took <take> it. <laughs> yeah. You
0: know what I uh I have at home
1: uh Chris McQuaid, who was our former um equipment manager. He he uh he said, uh here here's an old jersey. It was uh it's um Jeff Sullivan's Game Worn jersey, number twenty seven. Oh, yeah. So that would have been from the 98, 99 area and around there yeah so uh but 27s man I think that's going to be retired in the rafters because I I always wonder like you know
2: (laughs) if we can retire
1: (laughs) like Justin Belanger's number 27 (laughs) uh you know Nate and 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 uh maybe Zach's like those three you know 16 year olds at the time 16 17 year olds at the time when we won the cup you know do we retire those jerseys or not but with you know it, it, the novelty is there, but we've already got you know Tangay and and Shelley and Jaguar up in the rafters. But uh, I don't think anybody's worn any of those numbers ever since 2013. So really, no one's worn. No, 27? no one's worn them. No yeah. 22
0: either. No,
1: because no. before Nate, that was Jared Grant too. He's a Halifax yep, guy. Yeah, exactly. And right. Freddie Cabana. That's how. That's why Nate wore number 22 is because Freddie Cabana. Was a billet with the McKinnon family, and Nate was about seven, eight years old in 2005, uh, six ish. And um, anyway, Freddie wore number 22 for the Moosehead. So when Nate got to Halifax, he wanted to wear number 22 in honor of Freddie Cabana.
0: No way. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's, yeah. I guess that makes sense.
1: And Freddie had his theme song, uh, Back in the day, we used to do theme songs for the players, and it was Barry Manilow at the Copa
0: Cabana. <laughs> <laughs> at the Copa
2: Cabana.
1: When they scored a goal.
0: I remember, maybe you could refresh my memory here, but I remember I was sitting in the car once, like at Sobey's parking lot. My mom ran in, but she left the car on the radio, was going, but this was back when Brandon Reed and who was the other guy, two on one, scored automatically. Uh, Brandon oh. Reed and, uh, bah, 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 bah. oh man, this is like 1999, 2000 ish. Ramsey Abid. Ramsey maybe? Abid. Yeah. So they'd always score on a two-on-one. And I remember sitting there in the parking lot, and it was like December, and there was a tune that came on about them coming down on a two-on-one, and they always score. <laughs> was, is that something that, like what you just said, that we always used to make tunes for these guys. Would that have been one of them? Yeah. Well, that's that's it. They, they'd they
1: uh, either make their own song selection, or I'd kind of come up with it back when I was doing the music back yeah. in the day. And I remember Brandon Reed. I just used a sound effect for him. It would be uh, the Roadrunner. Meep, meep. Because he just like fly. Smart. Bid's theme song was All-Star. I remember that uh, Smash Mouth. Um, That's so 90s, man. But, uh, yeah, it was just uh, another way to give the players
0: some personality, and and the fans ate it up like uh, they loved it. Has there been any uh, evolution in what you do for the Mooseheads in terms of broadcasting the games? You're really great at announcing the guys as soon as they come out of the tunnel. I'm not even going to try to (laughs) copy it. But has there been any uh, adjustments? And if so, what were they?
1: You know, everybody, uh, we, we kind of have our own styles, like Pat had his style. I have my style. Um, you know, I am. I emulate, you know, I try to take a mix of this guy and that guy to make it my own little signature call. And, and you know, we all follow each other on, on, you know, social media these days. So it's neat to hear what other guys are doing. So you're a fan of other broadcasters, and you're
0: that's interesting. Yeah, I never thought that would that's be. That's it.
1: Like, we're all in this public address announcer union or or brotherhood I guess you should say and um you know there hasn't been really much change it's just you know back in the, the older day uh, it was more you're just reading the goals like you know Pat had his, you know uh, standard delivery where you know I kind of add a little bit more energy to it and turn it up a notch or two and that's today's hockey like um you know Paul Morris, he's was the old school from the Toronto Maple Leafs, like Toronto Maple Leaf goal, you know. And then you had Andy Frost come in, Toronto
0: goal, score by number thirteen,
1: Matt Sunday. you know. So that uh, in itself, there's just the different presentation of yesterday to today's public address announcer. And you know, to me, it's it's you want to bring the energy to the game and to a Mooseheads game when you come in. We try to deliver an NHL product each and every night. Game in, game out. And whether it's a Tuesday night or a Sunday afternoon, you're going to get the, the best marketed product in the queue, I think. So, yeah. um, you know, I might be a little biased, but we try to deliver an NHL product each and every game.
0: Well, if you have, uh, let's say, like, the staff gets together for a meeting and they want to mm-hmm. give you a little direction, what would some direction be in, in terms of, okay, let's give these guys, the fans, the best professional uh experience we can like what would some direction be given to you well you know i'm given pretty much free reign um at this point at yeah, this point like younger you must y- have had a little yeah
1: um you know luckily <clears throat> they provide a script for me i uh i show up on game day five o'clock couple hours before game game uh puck drop and you know we just go over what uh, what's going on tonight is there anything special happening pre-game ceremony you know with the script uh you know, I have to go through scripts. I go through the the stats, and um, you know, if there's a big pregame presentation, we go over that, and you know, we'll go through the lighting and and the the music of what we're going to be using if there is music involved. But you know, it is a big production, and you know, it's like doing a radio show in front of you know, back in the day, seven, eight, nine, ten thousand people. You know, our crowds are still pretty good even during COVID. Like, we've had uh, 5,200, 4,800, respectively, the last couple of games. So that's pretty decent. And, um, you know, there's nothing like going in and and you can feel the buzz in the rink. Uh, Like, I get there before the fans get in. And, you know, so I'm walking through and, you know, uh, just taking it all in. And then suddenly it starts getting you know, you can hear the hum of the crowd coming up. And I, I, I'm always up in the press box doing my pregame notes and then I make my way to ice level during the, the warm up. But to get that barn rocking and have the fans behind you announcing a big goal, there's no rush like it. Oh, how early do you show up to the games before? I uh, you know, it's it, it's it's these days, um, back when I was doing a morning show, that was kind of rough because I'd be up at three thirty, four o'clock in the morning and on the air from 6 to 10, and then I'd have to go home and get a pregame nap. Now my shift has changed. I'm now daytime, which I enjoy because, you know, normally I uh, I get up now at 7 o'clock like a normal person instead of the middle of the night, so on game days it's a little bit easier on your system. So I get up, and uh, I usually uh, get to work 8.30 or so in the morning on the air at 10, off by 2.00. I'm done by you know two thirty three o'clock. The radio station. Go to the gym for an hour or so. Get a little workout in, nice. as you can tell. <laughs> and uh, then you um, make my way to the rink. So I'm in around you know four thirty five o'clock, and it's nice to get. I don't like to be rushed. I don't like. I got a certain routine. It's like a player. You you go in. You know, the boys in the box, Dave Hunt and Ron Beard, who's a legend himself right there, over 5,000 events at the, at the Scotiabank Center Metro Center, they make fun of me for my crayons because I color code all my scripts. So it's like, you know, Moosehead's stat sheet is green and, and red. And the visitors' stats sheet is always blue and pink, so you know oh, yeah. where you're you're working. You know, it's an announcer geek thing, but you know. And and then through my script, I highlight stuff stuff I want to stress through the through the night. And um, yeah, so the big thing is. And young public address announcers always ask me, "It's like, what's what's the number one thing to know?" I said, "Show up on time and be prepared, because when if you're not prepared, just like a player, it's going to show." So always be ready. Same as the radio, always be prepared.
0: Have you ever had a bathroom situation? (laughs) Oh,
2: man. That's a fair question. Oh,
1: yeah, good one. Yeah, it's like, okay, so I drink a lot of water because you got to keep your voice, you know, uh, keep the pipes watered, right, as we say. So I usually have a big Gatorade thing full of water. And so there was a... Oh, I got another story for you. Okay, I'm going to finish this story. Okay. So, so first, uh, I uh, one game uh, a couple of years ago. I'm hoping it's not going to go into overtime, and of course, it goes into overtime. So, I was like, "Boys, I got to use it." One so like, or oh. two. Uh, always number one. Okay. Number one. <laughs> number one. I, you know. So it's like, so the ref room is the closest can to where I am. So it's like I got to take the ref. Room number six key, and I got to go drain it. So, and and I'm I'm there. And if anything happens, and they score or whatever, I'm I, I, I got to get the goal out. So uh, anyway, yeah, I had to dart to the ref room, and I had to, less than a minute to get. Anyway, I got the job done and got back <laughs> in time, and I didn't miss anything. So anyway, that triggered another story from the Halifax form. <laughs> so it was in my uh, younger days of my PA career. And in my early 30s. So I uh, I went to McDonald's on Kempt Road. We we're having an exhibition game at the form. And I get the great big me- mega size pop. And like, so I'm, I'm drinking that and not thinking. And ever since this game, I, uh, I always make a mental note how much I drink. So back in the old form, I was playing the music and announcing from way up in that. There was that big press box area. Where Pat was sitting in the picture. Yeah. 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 yeah, In yeah, in the in the form. It's a long way to the bathroom. (laughs) So maybe I shouldn't tell a story. But anyway. So anyway, I'm like, it's there's like still like half of the first period is, is to go. And I'm like, there's no way I'm gonna be able to hold this until the intermission. So I'm thinking to myself. Self, what do I do? So I find a corner where I can't be found from the window area in the middle of the play. And uh, I take the uh, the McDonald's cup, and I was like, okay, I'll just use this. <laughs> Forgetting that when you do, you know, tea into a cup, it loosens the glue around the bottom of the cup. Loosen the glue of the bottom of the cup, and then everything went onto the, onto the carpet. In the announcer booth, <laughs> in the press box, and until the last game I ever did at the form, that stain was still in the. Apartment. Oh my God, Ian! <laughs> so I'll put that in my book someday.
2: Oh my God, that's uh, yeah. amazing! Yeah, so. love of the
1: sport. You you
0: committed. You committed
1: oh, all com- the way. Commitment, right there, man. Yeah, and I, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, thankfully uh, I made it. Uh, after that, I. I watch how much I drink before uh, before and a- and and after each period.
0: That's one thing I've learned about this drug. Like, you notice I don't have water in front of me. Like, it's, because we're going to sit here for an hour. It's, oh, yeah. It's a thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, It's that's a it. thing.
1: Oh, my gosh, yeah. And I, uh, you know, you, you just try to, you work everything around a game. Bladder breaks, as I call them, or bio breaks. And, uh, yeah, so we do have our own little, washroom at the at the rink where you know we we have our q league staff that uh
0: you know i got i got it timed out pretty good now yeah, i was going to say at this point of the game you're given the lessons you're not you're not going through any more <laughs> lessons <laughs> yeah. actually that's not fair have you learned? what's the last thing you've learned about your position are you still learning hockey guys oh, they always go i'm still learning like oh yeah what, what, what do you learn well you
1: just you learn to you know uh, adapt to the new you know styles of announcing and especially now with the game being that much quicker You know, they give me like uh, an ad to get out. I've got to pound that, you know, four or five lines out in between whistles. So I've got like 15, 20 seconds. Like back in the old days, the whistles were a little bit longer. So you had more time to read your ads. But now, yeah, you got to go. So like High Button Sports is one of the most influential sports media broadcasting outlets in Canada. Our main focus is to put the spotlight on the athletic community and all it has to offer. So you got to get that in. I just made that up. We might steal that as a <laughs> clip. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're gonna we might use that. So we're not paying you for that. <laughs> oh, no, man. that's a freebie. That's a freebie. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'll do a better read of it than that. But um, yeah, that's the thing is you you, you got to get your reads in. And uh, a friend of mine, Paul Frazil from CTV's producer that I do commercials for, he asked me. He says it was kind of a fun compliment. He says, "Do the linesmen wait for you to stop talking before they drop the puck?" I'm like no man that's part of the task you got to get that read in and out and to me talking over the play is taboo like you don't want to talk over the play and I noticed other rinks that I've been in uh buddy will keep on going for like 10 seconds and the puck has been dropped you know it's like dude you got to tighten your script up and you got to
0: get it out Uh, in that time frame and to me that's uh that's part of the challenge I've never thought I never thought of that being a bad thing when PA announcers talk over the play. I just I thought that was just part of the game. So like you don't want to do that. You want to keep it in between the whistles. Yeah, for commercials. Really? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. for commercials. For yes. commercials. But when you're yeah. announcing penalties oh, or goals, and goals. Yeah. I was gonna say okay, that's open
2: sorry. season. Yeah. My mistake. Yeah. That's sorry. open
1: season. Yeah. And uh, and that's another thing. Is is the challenge is to get the uh, information out as fast as you can. Because nothing's worse than two or three goals getting scored by either your team or the other team, and then you get a. a and then you're backed up, and it's trying to get those goals out. And and to me, the challenge is, see, I I always get the the, the goal scorer straight from the referee. So I read, you know, whether it's Starzomski or Langell or Hoppy or, or, or your Hoppy sons son. or, yeah. or or Drake, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like you, you read their lips, or they'll tell you the goal scorer who who it is. And um, then I got to wait to get the assists from upstairs. And sometimes if it's hard to find out the assists. It takes longer to get the information for me to get the goals
0: out. Why don't the refs just tell you who the assist is from?
1: That's uh, that's not part of the gig because the video review uh, judge gets the assists from upstairs. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so you the, can't grease an assist. It's a yeah, yeah. Okay. They just want to make sure it's accurate, okay. right? So yeah, like in. You know, other hockey leagues, yeah, like, you know, if Drake's doing a, you know, a AOS or MHL game, he'll say, yeah, 12 from 15 and 27, you know. But I didn't know that. In, that's in, crazy. In the, in the queue, yeah, we just get it from the ref, and then uh, we got to wait for the assist from upstairs. So that's why sometimes I can get the goals out fast, and other times they're reviewing the, the – the, the first and second assists so you know and to me i want to keep the energy going you don't want to wait like a minute later after the goal's been scored and energy's gone down in the building you want to get that goal announced asap so it's like um you know the fans are still buzzing about the goal and a huge thrill for me is is to announce you know the the, uh, you know the q leagues uh uh, players first q league goal like the place goes nuts
0: you know i
1: I did one uh, you announced mine
0: there you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, back in the day. Back, I remember. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah man. I so... looked up I'm smiling and you're, you're going just the my, <laughs> <Lordy." laughs> my mom's crying. He did it. Oh yeah. man, to
1: make uh hockey mom's cry is uh that's that's pretty cool. And and that's uh you know, I heard a thing about that on the radio coming over. I I never get tired of You know, hearing about the hockey parents in the stands, and we did a feature about Dylan McKinnon, who's one of our rookies this year, that's up on the Mooseheads website, HalifaxMooseheads.ca, and they followed the parents around. The first uh, going off of his first game, and him from him getting drafted to, you know, making his debut on on you know Mooseheads ice and that's just so cool. And from being a hockey parent of two boys, you you never get tired of that. And it's different for me now and, and my wife, because both of our sons, were, you know, uh, Drake has moved on with his career and both of our sons were referees for, for quite a while and linesmen. So you look at the game in a different aspect compared to before your kids were officiating. So it's a, it's a whole new uh, ball game when you, you got your, your blood out there uh, in, in, a, mm-hmm. in a, in a, in a, you know, referee or a linesman jersey. So, y- you tackle the game differently, and you look at it differently. And I've talked to other, uh, you know, officials' parents, and they're like, "Yeah, it's 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 a whole new uh, scope that you look at." So, yeah, it's 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 uh it's pretty cool just uh to, to have you know uh, you know a family
0: in the game. Yeah. What's the biggest compliment you think you've ever gotten? Hmm. Biggest compliment. Mm. I'm sorry. How much time are we at right now? Fifty-five guy. Okay, I'll be quick. Oh no, we oh, go do what you got to do. No, I'm not. Are you you're
1: good. Yeah. Okay. Biggest compliment. Um, you know, I, I think as as I was mentioning earlier, with um, you know having the endorsement from Pat Connolly, Ian's going to do a good job. Uh, to me, that that made my uh, my made my day. And you know, I, I respected Pat so much, and we all do in the sporting community because he's he he did it for so long. But to get uh, an endorsement from Pat, uh, that was pretty neat. And, you know, just from the average fan, just to say, you know, hey, uh, I love it when you get the fans jacked up and, and, you know, from the start and when when Sloan comes on and, and even the officials, and back to the officials go, but, you know, they've, they've done games in every other rink in the Maritimes and even they get pumped up. Like uh, my buddy uh, Sam Curry, number 82, one of the lineys, he's uh, driving in from – you know, uh, up in Mass Town and he'll be sending me his impressions of me introducing, uh, the team on, on his way in with Sloan in the background. So, you know, and the, and the refs say, and, and officials and fans like just, um, you know, to get the, the, the building warmed up and jacked up, uh, and you do a good job at it. Uh, you know, I can't come any, you know, I'm pretty humble about all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, you know, I, I don't let it go to my head because my, you know, my, my parents never let me, uh, do that, but, you know, just to, uh, just to be to hear, hey, best in the league. Like I got a lot of, you know, compliments on my thousandth game from various people in the hockey community, and it's like uh, that's nice to hear. And, and from fellow public address announcers, David LeBlanc, Sydney at uh, with the Cape Breton Eagles, and and Marty Kingston, who was with the Moncton Wildcats. Marty and I worked the Memorial Cup together. Uh, just to say, keep up the great work,
0: and and thumbs up. Uh, to me, that means a lot. It's awesome. Um, You have notes here. Is there anything you want to say? Is there any?
2: uh, Oh no! I'm just you know
1: just some of the you know some of the highlights uh, over the years, like Ladislav Nagy's season, Mm -hmm. like 71 goals. Like that's that was just unbelievable. 1998, 99. Um, Jonathan Boone. One of the highlights for me was, you know, uh, him scoring the first goal of the new millennium in New Year's Day. 2000 like and now Jonathan coaches over in in Cole Harbor uh the Colts really? yeah he's uh, he's he's the coach over uh over there write that down podcast oh, oh oh yeah oh oh he would be hilarious this was the co- thing over there I got a quick story about that Yeah Okay so back when we were living in Timberly um 20 years ago we're in huberley now but more in Timberly we didn't have our driveway paved so uh this guy comes knocking on the door and uh, I had baseball cap on and sunglasses, and he says, are you interested in getting your driveway paved? And I'm like, yeah, sure, we're actually thinking about it. So uh, he says, oh, I'll, I'll go get you an estimate. So he goes out, comes back, and uh, he says, yeah, it's uh, looking like, uh, yeah, about uh, yeah, $1,500. It's like, oh, yeah, okay. And I look, I said, Booner? He goes, <laughs> Ian? It's like, Yeah. Hang on, man. I'll give you the family discount. How does seven hundred sound? Sold. Jonathan Boone, my that's, Jonathan Boone paved my driveway.
2: That's awesome.
1: Hey, <laughs> small community. I oh, love everybody it. knows Saving everybody money on
0: pavement cement. Oh my oh
1: gosh, it. yeah, and yeah, and he's got his own successful business now with uh, his renovations company. And and actually, I, I I did a radio prank phone call on on Jonathan. I called him up and. Uh, yeah, it's me and the missus. We're looking for his and hers uh, toilets. Can you build one of them? Some outhouses. And he's like, "Uh, yeah, I probably can." Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, pulled the fast one on 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 Jonathan. But yeah, he's uh, he's doing great with Cold Harbor Colts, Capstone Colts. I guess they are now, and uh, doing very well. Um, people always ask me, "What's your favorite scrap?" And the one that comes to mind was uh, New Year's Day, nineteen ninety eight and 1998-99. And it was, uh let me see, it was Carlisle Lewis, who was uh, our tough guy back in the day, and Trevor Ettinger, the late Trevor Ettinger. And the puck had just dropped on New Year's Day two seconds in, and the boys just drop them, And they must have went for like, I don't know, three three minutes or at least two, two, two minutes. Wow. So they were just giving her. All that was left on Carlisle was the ring around his T-shirt. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, and uh, I was running out of fight music because I, pla- <laughs> I played, of played, played Eye of the Tiger, or played uh, Rocky, and you know, hit me with your best shot, and bad to the bone. I was like, I'm running out of fight music. Guys, come on, wrap her up, boy." <laughs> yeah, That's crazy. Bro, that was an awesome, uh, awesome tilt. And, you know, fighting's not the same as it was, but some of the tough guys over the years like Kevin Cormier, um, you know, George Davis, those guys, they uh, – they they, threw w- him. they knew how to how to drop them. Do you remember who the tough guy was in, in your era?
0: Like with the Mooseheads, with the Mooseheads. <sighs> um, here's Luke me Warner. We had Luke Warner. Yeah, Luke we Warner, called yeah. him up for a yeah, bit. He was yeah. a, he was a big scrapper. Yeah, yeah, he played. We called him up from Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. Warner was there, but. Uh, no, I didn't really like play too many games against. Like I was in that era where there wasn't. Uh, yeah, it wasn't the tough lot, guy yeah. wasn't really. Trey yeah. Lewis was on the team. Trey, yeah, but like Trey yeah. was like slowly transitioning into a skilled guy. Like he was in that first year before right. I got there, and yeah. that was when he fought the captain from St John Thomas, yeah. and he was twenty, and Trey right. was sixteen. Yes, and yeah. that that I think that uh, that got a lot of respect from Cam. Oh man, and yeah. uh, and then I remember the next year he actually had a little bit of skill, and I think he kind of sh- not shied away, but he just yeah. f- focused more on like the skill side. But he was always a grit player, Trey. Oh. Yeah, yeah, like 100%. the game where he's fighting two guys and bake them all. Yes. Like, just yeah, just, yeah. just yeah. Uh, this is iconic, iconic photos and
1: videos of him. Oh yeah, and, and when uh, he <laughs> did did uh, the greeting for me there on my thousandth game, uh, he says, uh, "Hey Ian." Uh, You probably announced my name more as a penalty than a goal, but, uh, (laughs) yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, but, uh, true that Trey and and just to see him go on and be successful in the AUS uh, world and and do so well. And another, another quick story was, uh, people always ask me like, what, what are the chirps like down in the penalty box after a fight? So, uh, one time, uh, It was about 2009, Sawyer Hanna was here. Sawyer is now with Country Liberty and runs that. And so cool to see him be so successful, uh, you know, uh, out of the Moncton area there. So Sawyer was pretty much our tough guy back in the day uh, of that era. And so this guy tries to pick a fight with them. And they're just all they're doing. They're just it's like they're doing the twist. Right. (laughs) So anyway, they, they come back to the box and uh uh, the Sawyer sits in the box and he yells over Buddy,
2: Buddy, you're nothing but
1: a mm, seat belt.
2: All you do is hold on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I leave the expletives out of it for your own imagination. But uh, I, and, and another funny thing is when two French guys, whether a you know, French guy on the Mooseheads team or the visitor, yeah. they get going at each other in French. And, and I'm not supposed to laugh at them, but
0: like, I yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. So that's uh, <laughs> it's a cool part about being in the box. And, and sometimes they smell good, and sometimes they smell bad.
0: <laughs> Bring your own Febreze, man. Oh fuck, those road trips, like four road trips back to back. You're rolling into Halifax on a Sunday oh, afternoon. Yeah. And I bet it's not. Yeah. Oh yeah. You yeah. don't smell too pretty. No, I bet not no man that's the that's incredible the the role you have there oh it's it's i love behind that's why i do this podcast behind the scenes stuff everyone gets to see what happens on tv there's nothing that's awesome but Mm. the stuff behind the scenes that's my first love like what do you think your first love like why do you think you're so attached to it what what, what do you love about the position so much
1: it's just you know uh, i love hockey and i love um, announcing and um you know to be a Part of the team is just, t- to me, you know, uh, I've got these rings, and this was my 20-plus service ring that uh, the team gave me uh, back at Christmas. I was supposed to get it last season, then COVID hit. And so it's got uh, Robinson on one side, and uh, this is Moose Country on the other side. So uh, that's one. And then I, I've got this little uh, – really cool. I call this the Beast of the East. This is uh, the championship ring that uh, – I got and uh it was on my birthday in in 2013 I got an email from Brian Urquhart and uh Brian's uh he said uh the the title of the email was confidential uh email Mm. so I opened up the email and Brian's you know team president and and the first line of it was hey Ian what's your ring size
0: and I, I called my wife it's like I'm
2: getting a m- ring. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's sick. Oh, did, did you get it? Well, I guess that's horrible lighting, but we'll have to get show. do want me to show it in this one? Yeah. Mm. Here, just tell me when. Yeah, go. Yeah, Too there. far? No, that's
1: good. Yeah, you that's the animal. <laughs> and you look at the look at the look at our record there: seventy-seven, eight-three, and one. And oh, I, I yeah, had season crazy. tickets that year. Yeah, well, Bobby Smith. Told, told me the, the story about that he said our uh, we were talking about what we're going to put on the ring and win the day that was what we had on the t-shirts that year and um bobby talked to cam and some of the players and said 77 8 3 and 1 that's one of the best junior records in hockey
0: ever is it I, I, what, yeah that?
1: it's it is i looked it up i was like yeah we are pretty darn good so anyway and i show this to people and, and hockey people especially they're like 77 8 3 and 1 like you know that's pretty amazing for the whole season and the whole playoffs and then the Memorial cup and so on. So yeah. And, and, uh, I, as I I mentioned earlier, I have two boys. So, uh, uh, Drake is 26 and Trent is 22. So when I had this ring, uh, Drake asked me one time, he says, so dad, who's going to get your ring when you die? It's like, that's kind of a morbid question, but I'm going to win another one. (laughs) I love it. I, I love that. And then when, uh, Brian gave me this one Christmas Eve last year, I said, now you guys can fight over what ring you want when I bite the dust. I love it. Yeah. So uh, and and this was supposed to be given away in front of fans, and then COVID happened, uh, and those of us with the team for over twenty years got one of these. So, uh, yeah, I, as I say, I'm in my twenty fifth season, but uh, the boys actually they they they're kind of favoring this one over this one, but uh, they can fight
0: it out. Yeah, they can fight it out. I think that's <laughs> awesome. Ian, I, I want to thank you very much for for coming on the podcast. It was a pleasure to meet you, and like I said, when you first came over and you, you opened your mouth and started talking, nostalgia ran through me. I felt like a 12-year-old kid again. You're, you're, you're talking at the Metro Center. So oh, man. Thanks was, for having me, Justin. I was a, 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 a kid in the candy shop for the past hour to be able to talk to you, so thank you very much. No, you're very welcome anytime, and uh, go, Moose, go. 100%. I'm going to see you at the rink one of these days once I'm down the, under there um do you want to promote anything do you want to say hi to anyone family friends good message or you're you're good what do you ah, it's yours geez. you go for it oh i just want to say uh
1: thanks to the fans for keeping me employed and for coming out to the games <laughs> uh thanks to the mooseheads organization uh to bobby and cam and and brian travis and we're a tight-knit family there a lot of us have been there uh, quite a long time and you know uh you know the the fans in the stands have gotten to know so many over the years and they uh they make it all worthwhile and and you know, I kind of got to budget my uh, my time, you know, getting from the press box down to ice level because I'm going to run into a couple of fans just to have a quick hey and a quick uh, uh, chat. But you know, and it comes back to my family. Like they let me go to the rink every night, you know, for for a thousand and one games. So, you know, um, they're uh, they're pretty uh, patient that way. And it's like uh, you know. We've been invited out to supper, actually, this Saturday. It's like, ah, I got a game. You're going solo, Roxanne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make you some spaghetti. I'll leave it <laughs> in the That's what you say. 1980-style <laughs> spaghetti. But, no, uh,
0: thanks to everybody for making this uh, happen and and for having me here today. This is uh, a true thrill, man. Awesome. Well, everyone listening, thank you very much for tuning in. Once again, I'll take Ian's lead there and say thank you for listening and keeping me employed. So I appreciate that. Enjoy your week. Work hard. Have fun. And go Moose We're out. With you.